Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. When were the... What schools... Who decides what the next... Where's that story? Why they keep the loop? What is this? It's Curious City. Where WBEZ answers your questions about Chicago, the region, and its people. I'm Maribyn Knight, and I'm answering a question about a perplexing urban phenomenon. Gym shoes hanging from power lines. Our question comes from Matt LaTourette. He lives in Aurora, but grew up in Chicago's Belmont Central neighborhood, and he always noticed the shoes dangling from above. He wondered, who did that and why? There's always that mysterious group. There was always, you know, some mystery of, you know, this group or them or they, whoever they are, you know. This shoe hanging? Clearly, it happens. And the city of Chicago has data to prove it. Over the past seven years, city workers received at least 6,000 requests to remove shoes hanging from telephone or electrical wires, including a pair of cowboy boots and a rubber ducky. But getting to the bottom of Matt's question of why, that's difficult. And we're not the first to try. There's a mini-documentary about shoe tossing and plenty of explainer articles. And they're full of theories. Theories like, the shoes come from kids taunting each other, or from losing a bet, or, in a more serious vein, people say hanging shoes mark gang territory or memorialize victims of gun violence. Or they signal where to buy drugs. Well, I'm here to firm up some of these theories about shoe tossing with first-hand accounts wherever I can. Let's start with the taunting theory. Here's a call we got from a listener. I think I was 14. It was about 1970. And I was wearing my gym shoes around my neck, uh, tied together by the laces. And a friend of mine who (laughs) was perhaps not the best friend in the world uh, used to like to taunt me to some extent. And he was throwing them up in my shoes up in the air, pretending, I think, that he was going to throw them over the wire, but then he succeeded, and uh, there they hung. Uh, Eventually, some time later, the uh, shoestrings broke, and I got my shoes back. Thanks. Another theory? That people toss shoes after losing a wager. Juan Molina called us about that. I lost a bet, and my buddies threw my shoes up there. Uh, we tied the laces together and threw it up. And actually, Juan gave us another reason. Spite. I did it once, both because I survived soccer camp, and they were my cleats. I didn't want to go to soccer, and it was something my parents forced, and I ended up throwing it up there. Those were just regular Nike cleats. Okay, so we know some shoes on power lines just come from kids being kids. But what about the gang and urban violence angle? For that, I asked my friend Patrick Starr, a guy I've known for years, serving a life sentence in a Missouri state prison. In the 90s, he was a high-ranking member of the Bloods Gang back in Kansas City. Today, he coaches other inmates on cutting their gang ties. When he was young, he'd throw shoes on power lines. To us in Kansas City, it was about your crew and y'all marking y'all neighborhood. And when, when Did it have anything to do like with gangs? Now, back, this was before gangs, because you go back to like 84, 85, there was no 
physical gangs like we know them today in Kansas City, like Bloods, Crips, GD's, Vice Lords. But it was groups in Kansas City at this time, like school cliques, like, like the Hard Boys, Sporty Boys, Deaf Boys, Virgin Boys, Freaky Boys, AKA Boys, the 57th Street Road Dogs, which was us, 69th Street Dogs. We called them crews instead of gangs. Patrick said he had fond memories of tossing his own Nike or Converse sneakers. You tie them two strings together and you hold one shoe and you flip that thing around and it goes right up there and the momentum of the two shoes, if it can hit that wire right in the middle of that string, then it just whips it around there and it's locked on there. You can't get it off. Do you have to like wind up? Yeah, and you do more missing than you do getting it, that's for sure. Unless you just get extremely lucky the first time, you're going to be throwing that thing up there for a few minutes. I've seen guys pull their cars up. And this call is from a correctional extra, facility and may be monitored uh, and recorded. Just to get that extra five or six feet closer. I gave Patrick Star some homework. Asked the guys in the Missouri prison about another theory, that hanging shoes represent a death in or by a gang. A couple days later, he called back. Chicago guys and a lot of the St. Louis guys they said that that represented guys who's killed from each neighborhood, you know, whether it's the gang guys or just homeboys from the hood or the block. And it kind of turned into a nice little yard topic to where guys were starting to run up. Hey, man, uh, this is what that means in my city or my town. Or like I said, we don't know nothing about that. So even among the inmates, there was no consensus. Lastly, I went after the drugs angle. The most common theory was that dangling shoes signal where to buy drugs. We talked to Chicago police, but they declined to comment. So I got a secondhand perspective from Robert Asfolm. He was a childhood shoe tosser, but today he's a social worker and a doctoral student at UIC. I mean, to me, it's like an urban legend, especially the drug spot thing, because it's like if kids in the neighborhood so-called know that this is what this is supposed to mean, then the police definitely know, you know, so and no one's going to put what they're doing out there in that type of way, you know, to, to set themselves up, you know, to be arrested or whatever. But on the other hand, Aslam says he's not surprised people associate gangs and drugs and shoes. These types of activities take place within, you know, marginalized urban areas. So there's some overlap as far as open air drug markets, you know, people being killed and shoes going up on telephone wires. It's within that wider urban milieu that these types of events take place. Well, maybe Asphalm is right. Maybe the mystery, the why behind shoe tossing is just this simple. A coming-of-age story of inner-city youth, colored by its own regional quirks, and mixed up into the larger urban milieu of gangs, drugs, and violence. Any particular pair of shoes could be up there for a variety of reasons, but it's probably not a place to buy drugs. One important piece to this question, however, is that when we looked at detailed city data, it showed that requests to remove shoes hanging from power lines has dropped by 71% over the past six years. And so even if we do keep trying to explain sneakers hanging from power lines, you should know that more and more this, quote, mystery is becoming a mystery of the past. Reporting this week came from me, Mariba Knight. If you're curious about where all those shoes have been hanging in Chicago over the years, we've put together a map for you. That's at wbez.org slash Curious City. Curious City was founded by Jennifer Brandel, WBEZ Air, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support comes from the Doris and Howard Conant Fund for Journalism. 
Curious City on WBEZ is supported by Audible.com, which has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Audible is offering Curious City listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash Curious City and download a title and start listening on your iPhone, iPad, Kindle, Android device, Windows phone, or over 500 different MP3 devices. Audible suggests Curious City listeners may enjoy books about Chicago like There Are No Children Here or County, Life, Death, and Politics at Chicago's Public Hospital. That's at audiblepodcast.com slash Curious City. Next time on Curious City, it turns out most Americans living in poverty are white. But if you try to find poor white people in Chicago, it's hard to know where to look. Well, if I look back, you know, 40 years ago, I might have turned to a few communities that I can think of where you had more working poor people. But generally, I don't know if we ever really had concentrated white poverty in the city of Chicago. So why doesn't Chicago have poor white neighborhoods? That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.